Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello everyone, Dr. Casey Grover here. So glad to have you back for another episode of the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care Podcast. And by the way, I love that new intro. The beat always puts a smile on my face. A few nuts and bolts before we start this episode. First, I would like to invite you to participate in a virtual run walk that we are hosting this spring. One of the drug treatment programs in my area, Community Human Services, is putting on the fourth annual recovery run. We've been doing this event every year in Central California since 2020, and it's a fundraiser for our local drug treatment programs. We want to celebrate those in recovery, raise awareness about addiction, and promote exercise as a part of a healthy life. So we created the recovery run in 2020. And since it's virtual this year, if you're interested, no matter where you are, you can join us. If you want to participate, go to chservices.org. That's chservices.org. And there's a link to the event on the banner at the top of the page. Next, I wanted to give a brief follow-up on episode 47, which was on Kratom. On the day after I recorded my podcast episode on Kratom, I had my weekly addiction clinic. And my second patient of the day was seeing me for, drumroll please, yep, you guessed it, Kratom use. I was so glad I had just done an episode on Kratom. This patient had been originally prescribed opioids for pain and developed an opioid use disorder. He then moved on to street opioids when his doctor no longer prescribed him prescription opioids. And then he went to Kratom to try to wean himself off of illicit opioids. And then when his doctor found out he was on Kratom, he sent him to me. The patient was using large amounts of Kratom two times daily and was feeling opioid withdrawal symptoms when he wasn't using Kratom. So we decided to treat him with buprenorphine naloxone and I prescribed some for him and he waited a little over 12 hours after his last dose of Kratom to start his buprenorphine naloxone. I started him on 8-2 of bup naloxone twice daily. He initially had some GI symptoms that were persistent, including nausea and vomiting on the first day of his bup, but he managed those symptoms with the ondansetron and dicyclamine I had given to him to help blunt any withdrawal symptoms during his induction. We also then, a few days after he started, increased his dose of the buprenorphine naloxone from 8 to BID to TID. And by day two, he was feeling much better. I saw him a week later, and he was feeling actually pretty good with the buprenorphine naloxone at a dose of 8-2 TID. 
and he's continuing on his buprenorphine naloxone and is doing well, and I'm actually going to see him again next week. And one last follow-up item. I wanted to do a follow-up to the last episode we did, which was that fantastic interview with the young man in recovery. Now, Aiden mentioned during our interview about a few common medications that can cause false positives on urine drug screens. I actually need to fact check that. So I will be doing an entire episode in the near future on false positive urine drug screens. So stay tuned. And with that, let's get on to today's episode. Sorry about the long intro. And today's episode will actually be a relatively quick episode. You might call it a quick take. We're going to revisit the topic of starting patients with opioid use disorder who are using fentanyl on buprenorphine. Now, why this topic? Well, a few of my colleagues here in California recently published a JAMA Network Open paper, and I thought it was a great paper that was very informative. Let's do a little bit of context before we dig into the paper. As we've discussed many times on this podcast, one of the major downsides of buprenorphine is that it can cause precipitated withdrawal in patients who are using opioids if buprenorphine is taken too soon. As in, patients need to be in moderate opioid withdrawal before starting buprenorphine. If patients are not in opioid withdrawal or are only in mild opioid withdrawal and take buprenorphine, buprenorphine can precipitate opiate withdrawal. The risk of precipitated withdrawal is increased when transitioning between long-acting opioids and buprenorphine. And while fentanyl, when used in the medical setting, usually acts as a short-acting opioid, for our patients using illicit opioids on the street, fentanyl acts more like a long-acting opioid due to its lipophilicity and deposition in adipose tissue. And as fentanyl has emerged as the most common opioid on the street right now, this has made routine starts for buprenorphine extremely difficult as there is an increased concern for precipitated opioid withdrawal when starting patients who are using fentanyl on buprenorphine. And just as a brief reminder, we talked about buprenorphine precipitated opiate withdrawal in episode 17 of this podcast. But... This paper gives us some updated information on starting buprenorphine in patients using fentanyl, including the risk of precipitated opioid withdrawal. So, let's dig in. As I mentioned, it was published this year in JAMA Network Open. Hannah Snyder is the lead author, and the title is High Dose Buprenorphine Initiation in the emergency department among patients using fentanyl and other opioids. And a brief shout out here to three of the authors who I know and work with, Hannah Snyder, Andrew Herring, and Amy Mullen. All of them are such fantastic people doing incredible work on substance use treatment here in California with the California Bridge Program. And as a quick reminder, the California Bridge Program is an implementation facilitation program for opioid use disorder treatment in California emergency departments. So this article is actually a research letter. It's pretty short and let's go through it. The authors provide context for this paper in their introduction and I will call out the high points. Based on previous research, 
current guidelines from the California Bridge Program recommend using high-dose buprenorphine when starting patients on buprenorphine for opioid use disorder at a dose of 8 to 16 milligrams. The authors acknowledge, as we just reviewed previously, that there are concerns that patients using fentanyl will have, as the authors put it, suboptimal responses to buprenorphine as compared to patients who are using other opioids. The authors also note, again, as we just reviewed, that fentanyl is very prevalent in the illicit drug supply here in California. In fact, the authors point out that 64% of deaths in California from opioids involve fentanyl. So, this research letter is a cohort study looking at using buprenorphine in patients who use fentanyl compared to patients who use other opioids. And this is what we need, a direct comparison of how buprenorphine inductions go in patients using fentanyl versus other opioids. We hear from patients that buprenorphine induction is harder when using fentanyl, but does that actually pan out when we study it? And that's what this paper looks at. So moving on to the methods. The authors report doing a retrospective chart review of patients with opioid use disorder at 16 hospitals in California in 2020. They reviewed all charts of patients with a diagnosis of opioid use disorder and compared those patients who reported using fentanyl to patients who reported using other opioids. Now, a limitation, which we'll get into a little bit later, is that they did not look at toxicologic testing, they just looked at what patients reported using. The authors looked at the rate of engagement between the two groups, as in how many patients actually showed up at follow-up appointments, and they looked at this engagement at seven days and 30 days after an emergency department visit at which buprenorphine was given for opiate use disorder. They also looked at the rate of precipitated withdrawal between the two groups. Okay, what did they find? What were the results? They looked at 896 patients with opioid use disorder, 87 or 8.7% reported using fentanyl. The median age was 35, 68% were male, 29% were unhoused, 7% were black, 26% were Hispanic, and 46% were white. Of those patients, 492 were given buprenorphine, and in that group who received buprenorphine, 44 patients, or 9.5%, were using fentanyl. Of the patients who received buprenorphine, 439 were treated with high-dose buprenorphine with doses ranging from 8 milligrams to 32 milligrams for induction. When looking at the rate of attending follow-up appointments at 30 days, there was no difference between patients who were using fentanyl and who received buprenorphine versus patients who were using other opioids and who received buprenorphine. Both groups had a 30-day follow-up rate of about 40%. When they compared patients who received buprenorphine to patients who didn't receive buprenorphine, the patients who didn't receive buprenorphine had a much lower follow-up rate of only 23%. For all patients who received buprenorphine, only eight patients, or 1.6%, had precipitated withdrawal. For patients using fentanyl and who received buprenorphine, only two patients, or 4.5%, developed precipitated withdrawal. 
and none of these eight patients with precipitated withdrawal required hospital admission, regardless of which opioid they were using. The authors then move on to a discussion of their findings. They note that there was no significant difference in the rate of patients attending follow-up appointments at 30 days in patients treated with buprenorphine who reported using fentanyl as compared to patients who reported using other opioids. They also noted that the rate of precipitated withdrawal from treatment with buprenorphine in the ED was low at 1.6%. The rate was slightly higher in patients who use fentanyl at 4.5%, and the authors did not include whether or not this was statistically significant. The authors acknowledge that they only looked at what opioid patients reported using, and given the high prevalence of fentanyl in the illicit drug supply in California, more patients likely were using fentanyl without knowing it. So, presumably, multiple patients in the other opioids group were also using fentanyl without their knowledge. The authors conclude, quote, these findings show that high-dose buprenorphine administered in the emergency department for patients in withdrawal is useful in a fentanyl-exposed population, end quote. And that is the end of this article. So, let's unpack things a little bit. I don't know about you, but I have been expecting every one of my patients with opioid use disorder who uses fentanyl to develop precipitated withdrawal when I start them on buprenorphine. And based on this paper, less than 5% of patients who were using fentanyl developed precipitated withdrawal. What am I going to do with this knowledge? Well, first, I am not going to let my guard down. Precipitated withdrawal makes patients feel awful and often makes patients afraid of using buprenorphine again in the future, or they may even refuse to use buprenorphine in the future. So, I am still going to use my usual tricks during buprenorphine induction to reduce the risk of precipitated withdrawal in patients using fentanyl. I have them wait for 24 to 48 hours after their last dose of fentanyl before they start buprenorphine. I also prescribe them comfort medications to reduce any withdrawal symptoms. And I also use a high initial dose of buprenorphine, usually 16 to 24 milligrams as the initial dose. But I can now reassure my patients that less than 5% of patients using fentanyl develop precipitated withdrawal when starting buprenorphine. And that is so helpful. I don't know about your patients, but so many of mine are afraid of precipitated withdrawal, and we all know about the so-called noxebo effect. The placebo effect is when patients experience relief or clinical effects from a medication that does not have any active ingredient. The noxebo effect is when patients experience adverse effects from a medication that does not have any active ingredient, and the expectation of side effects is a large part of the noxebo effect. As in, if you tell your patient, this medication is going to make you feel horrible as a side effect, patients are more likely to experience side effects. So, coming back to starting buprenorphine in patients using fentanyl, I am going to start using this statistic of less than 5% of patients who use fentanyl experience precipitated withdrawal when starting buprenorphine to reduce the anticipation of precipitated withdrawal 
which will hopefully reduce the anxiety and anticipation of withdrawal during buprenorphine inductions. Okay, this was a quick paper and therefore a quick episode. Let's wrap this episode up with some take-home points. Number one, one of the major downsides of buprenorphine is that it can cause precipitated withdrawal in patients who are using opioids if it is taken too soon. Number two, the risk of precipitated withdrawal is increased in patients using long-acting opioids. Number three, there are concerns from both patients and providers that patients using fentanyl will have suboptimal responses to buprenorphine as compared to patients who use other opioids, as fentanyl acts more like a long-acting opioid due to its lipophilicity and deposition in adipose tissue. Number four, this was a study of emergency department patients using opioids who were treated with buprenorphine comparing the results of patients who reported using fentanyl to those who reported using other opioids. Number five, in both groups of patients with opioid use disorder who were treated with buprenorphine, there was no difference in the rate at which patients kept follow-up appointments for the treatment of their opioid use disorder at 30 days. Number six, overall, the risk of precipitated opioid withdrawal from treatment with buprenorphine was low in this study at a rate of 1.6%. The risk of precipitated opioid withdrawal from treatment with buprenorphine in patients using fentanyl was also low in this study at a rate of 4.5%. And number seven, to quote the authors, quote, High-dose buprenorphine administered in the emergency department for patients in withdrawal is useful in a fentanyl-exposed population, end quote. And that is the end of this episode. I appreciate all of you so much who share this podcast with your colleagues and who leave me reviews on podcast apps. Thank you for listening and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.